Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. And uh, welcome. The uh, well, welcome. <laughs> it's January fifth, uh, and the word of the day is. Susan should be here. Hello, Suze. Good morning. Georgia. <laughs> I was going to sing, gonna and then sing I it. thought be really better of it. <laughs> I was going to sing, yes. And then I thought, you know, I think you could find someone who could do it a little bit better. I know. I mean, I'm really thinking of joining a barbershop quartet because I could do bass now. <laughs> Mama played Who did that? Somebody sang bass? I don't know. Screw it. Papa sang bass. I suppose he did. Well, here we are. My stomach's in a twist. I know. And we aren't going to even know anything by the end of the day. No, 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 no. And even when we do know something... People Somebody won't believe it. Foul, right. Yeah. The and, only thing um, that I'm enjoying is that at least the Republicans are scared. I mean, I'm not allowing myself to even believe we've right. got a shot. So right. if we've at least scared the Republicans, good. <laughs> well, speaking of Republicans, I just want to I want to note two things that um, I don't know about two. I have been saying uh, since forever, it seems that uh, the Republicans and Donald Trump, because the Republican Party does not exist anymore. It is the Trump Party. That's quite clear. And, um, and those who, who want to preserve what maybe used to be a Republican Party are going to have to go and make their own party. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, you've got this Trump Party, and he controls most of what was the Republican Party, but is in no way, shape, or form anymore. It's gone. And people have to, especially Republicans, have to, I think, acknowledge that. But you know, I've just been like good Muslims, you have to separate. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. Do you remember back in the beginning when, uh, way decades ago, when when we were at war with varying factions and Americans would tell people of the... They had to be good Muslims. Yeah, to stand up and separate themselves from the terrorists. Well, but they they do. Um, Yeah, they do. But the Republicans, well, the Republicans just melted away. The good ones just sort of... Well, I mean, I I thought, you know what they can call themselves? The people who used to, in fact, be uh, legitimate conservatives... What they need to do is form a conservative party. 
That's what it is. You leave the the Republican Party, and I'm sorry for Abraham Lincoln and Teddy Roosevelt and and Dwight Eisenhower and some of the good good people who uh, who served uh, honorably uh, this country. Yeah, Um, but it's gone. It's over. And and you don't have to you know take it from me. Uh, you can take it from some, uh, you know, Republicans and some of the more conservative Republicans. And in fact, you have uh, George Will today in uh, the Washington Post uh, literally uh, saying this. And, you know, you would think, oh, that's over. If I say it, people would say, well, that's Cullen. She's ranting and raving. But I, I said it yesterday. These guys just the other day held up their hands and again took an oath of office to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. The the one that these the majority of House Republicans and this ton now of Republican senators are about to, you know, kick to the curb that oath with the stunt they're going to pull tomorrow. And and George Will said this today. On Wednesday, the members of the Howley Cruz, Ted Cruz, uh, what's his Howley's first name? John? Uh, Josh. Josh. Josh Howley cohort will violate the oath of office in which they swore to defend the Constitution from enemies foreign and domestic. And then George Will says this, they, they are its most dangerous domestic enemy. Yes. George Will is calling two Republican senators who represent what is now the Republican Party, the Trump Party, he says they are the most dangerous domestic enemies that they supposedly are sworn to defend us from. So there is little doubt. And I just want to add one more Perry graph from uh, Paul Krugman today. The modern GOP is unlike anything we have seen before in American history. If there's anyone who wasn't already persuaded that one of our two major political parties has become an enemy, not just of democracy, but of truth, events since the election should have ended their doubts. Okay, so now there's Krugman. You've got George Will, a very conservative Republican, and you have Paul Krugman, a liberal Democrat. And both saying that the Republican Party now represents the enemy of our democracy. And it's not hyperbole. They are saying that. They mean it. The Republican Party is the enemy of our country. Well, and um, John Danforth had to write a piece uh in the uh, St. Louis paper that uh, um, answering as to how he could have endorsed this man and basically, you know, saying that what he's doing is wrong. I would have had him do it even more forcefully, but it was fairly forceful for these polite Danforth types. 
Well, he should have. I hope he beat himself up. I mean, because. No, 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 no. no. We are excused. Oh, oh, well, I have to tell you. Um, meanwhile, you know, again, it's sometimes because we're in the midst of this, we are here in this country that is under attack from one of our own political parties and by the president of the country. Um, folks over in Europe <laughs> looking at this, looking at us since Saturday's phone call by Trump are freaking out. They thought they had it down. They thought they knew how nuts and narcissistic Trump was and how obsequious uh, the Republicans were. But they listened to that call too. And they're watching the sort of insurrection the president is, is uh, creating. Uh, the potential violence he is. Well, they know uh, what a coup looks like. Yes, exactly. And um, in in Germany, uh, what freaked them out the most was that letter signed by every man who had ever held the title Secretary of Defense of the United States who is still alive, right. and there are 10 of them. Mm -hmm. Everybody from a Dick Cheney, okay, to, uh, I don't know, the, mo the most liberal of them. And when they saw that these 10 guys across the political spectrum who knew the job of, you know, what it is to defend the country, that they felt that this time that they needed to, in fact, warn the people in the Pentagon is, the Germans said that, here's a quote from one of the Germans, that they saw a reason to write such a letter is shocking. Right. And it's frightening because they are, another one says, it is really scary because we don't know who else in the Pentagon is not cooperating now, because uh, Trump's the guy he has yeah, right now, they're not cooperating with the transition. So Biden will take uh, over as our commander in chief without knowing what every other president has known going in, knowing all the stuff he's supposed to know. I mean, and you would think that it, there would be, and there should be after this, if, you know, if I, no one thought they had to write this down, it should be against the law because, because to deliberately hobble the government of the next administration yeah. is, 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 you know, is it's what an enemy know, does. It, it's what, what an, an enemy. enemy does. It would That's be right. at its basis unconstitutional. Yeah. So um, over in Europe, they're now recalibrating because, like us, they're freaked at Trump's uh, continuing hold on what was the Republican Party. Well, it is the Republican Party. And the fact that that party holds so much power in this country 
from in the states. I mean, in some states, that's all that is there are Republicans from top to bottom. And in the federal government, if the election in Georgia today doesn't go as we hope it will, uh, they will still hold the Senate of the United States. You can argue they have the Supreme Court of the United States. And so if these people are actually enemies of our democracy, then we're about finished. It's not like they're trying to take over. In many respects, they have a pretty good hold. And the fact that Trump will not go anywhere and how he continues to threaten Republicans. Last night in his deranged whatever he was doing in Georgia. Oh, he he, was rallying. Yes, rallying. He told he told the crowd that he'd be back in a year and a half to campaign against their governor, who is, of course, a Republican. He Good, is because going put to Stacey Abrams in where she no, that he'll he'll primary him. So he'll keep moving this to people who have fealty only to Trump. Um, anyway, the European take, and I think it's not incorrect, is that with Donald Trump in or out of office, continuing to have such a hold over the party and such a hold over, what, 80 million Americans? It shows that, well, one of them says, it shows that it will be incredibly difficult to govern the United States. Yeah, it will. For years, for years. I mean, it's it's, not going to be able to be done. It's one of the reasons that we have to look long and hard at what we do through the legal system. Because, you know, we, there has to, the only way to pull the country back towards real norms, I mean, based on, uh, you know, what a norm is supposed to be based upon, the only way to do that is to punish the yeah. behavior that wrenched yeah. us away and and not and not be you know not say that this was okay and blah 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 it was not laws were broken treasons frankly was you know obviously committed. yeah yeah committed and and it needs to be a acknowledged with the correct terms, be charged, and three, litigated, and four, the perpetrators punished in order for the for the country to go on. Other countries had to go through this. Germany had to go through this. South Africa, had, you have to go and look at what you've done wrong and fix it. And we we have to do the same. We're and not going to. I know, and it's not where we I still started, can't come to terms I, with our history. We can't come to terms with our history as it is before even this. Yeah. So no, we are not up to that task of of dif- difficult soul searching. You can't just um, step over the heaping pile of shit in the middle of the living room rug and try and govern in front of it and pretend like the stench and the stain is not directly behind you. You can't. Oh, watch them, Suze. Watch them. 
Well, Krugman says this, you know, lots of people compare this Republican Party now to organized crime or a cult. He says, but to me, the Republicans today look more like the lost boys in Lord of the Flies. They're feral. They don't get news from the outside world. They get their information from partisan sources that simply don't report any inconvenient facts. And they make facts. up their rules as they go along. That's true. And they true. eat their own young. That is true. And the most important thing is to demonstrate loyalty to the tribe. And Krugman says the big question is how long America, as we know it, can survive in the face of this malevolent tribalism. And I know this is depressing as hell, but let's be clear. He finishes by saying, and unless something happens to break the grip of anti-democratic, anti-truth forces in the Republican Party, they will one day succeed in killing the American experiment. They're destroying our country. A friend asked me, do you know anyone, do you have any friends that you know voted for Trump? And I said, no, I don't know any people I call friends who voted for Trump. And she said, I do. And I'm starting to be queasy about, I said, you know, I have to tell you, I don't think I could be friends with somebody who voted for Trump, for somebody who was part of this uh, of this destruction. And of for something those who doubled I've, down as it, as it continued, you know, I, I mean, anybody that was still there at the end, I, I, I'm sorry, you've either decided that your pocketbook is more important than anything, yeah. anything else. Oh, uh, yeah. See if it helps you in the, in the end. See if, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's if that's you know, if you're going to walk through life going, I'm I'm a social liberal but a fiscal conservative, and when push comes to shove, I have to go with the fiscal. I say no. When push comes to shove, you give up the money. That's right. And you say and go with the humanity and go with humanity. Save the people. So it's when you yeah. when you go the other way, why don't I have a right to question your character? Well, I I would agree. I would agree. And frankly, my friend said the one woman she was thinking about, highly educated woman. I was shocked when she told me she was a Trump voter because I I vaguely know this woman. And she said that she describes herself exactly that. That's what they yeah. always do. Uh-huh. Fiscal conservative and social liberal. Right. And yeah. it's that social liberalism that brings them maybe into the orbit of, you know, somebody like like me. And, you know, what do we know about somebody's, uh, you know, 401k and, you know, what their finances are? So it's it's easy for, I guess, a lot of people. Well, you know, for people that have money in the stock market over the last four years, you know, even a small amount of money is a third larger 
or in some cases, you know, even more if you were heavily invested in lucky places, you know, who knows? But it makes me puke. I know. I have to tell you, it makes me puke that the rich have gotten richer during this horror. Um, and most the people who need don't have shit in the stock market. They don't have anything in it. And I, I so hate our system. I so it, it's really unless it. unless you look at it and you go, okay, I'm going to just take a chunk of that and you know do what uh, Jeff Bezos' wife did, um, you know, and just ex-wife, ex-wife, and just put you know forty billion out there. Well, look here, you know, and I'm sure she's kept three or four for herself anyway, and it'll be just fine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, she did the right thing. And I hope she keeps doing it. I do, too. But there are but few and far between. Few and far between. Okay. So I need just a, we need a little bit of uh, lightheartedness. Well, okay. Well, let, let me just end there. They are, there's more of them than you think. There's actually groups of inheritors of wealth that have banded together and to figure out ways to yeah. do good, you know, like Walt Disney's uh, granddaughter, right. <laughs> who has so much to, you know, who figures you, you just can't change the guy. But, but Suze, you know, you can the give fact the that you know about her, I mean, she's a, she's a rarity. She made news because, because it's odd. It's not the norm. It's not the norm. No, Ivanka's the norm. Yeah. Well, she might. God, I hope she's over on the other edge. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, um, one of the things. Oh, I, this is just for anybody who wants that. I, I hope we can find it. And and I'm I'm telling um, in George Will's column today, there was a uh, a link. He was going after uh, Pence, and there's a link to a video I somehow missed. That is mind blowing, and it shows the obsequiousness in like uh, six seconds. And it's at some meeting. I think it's a FEMA meeting, and Trump is at the head of the table, and all the other guys are, you know, on the sides. Pence next to him, and Trump takes his water bottle and, for some reason, puts it on the floor. Pence immediately takes his water bottle and puts it on the floor. It is so bizarre to watch. It is so unbelievably creepy. And I hope... Um, well, Stepford Vice President. Well, it just it, it really is. I mean, it says the fact that Will thinks it says, you know, here's a picture that's worth a few hundred million words. It is mind blowing, mind blowing. Um, and, and yeah, and decidedly uh, scary. So yesterday, Susan, I, um, I decided because it's a heavy news kind of week that maybe I should uh, check in and see if anything was going on. I think it was about, uh, I don't know, mid afternoon, and I put on CNN and whoa, what luck. I turned it on just as they went to the um, 
news conference that this Georgia um, election official, George uh, Sperling, mm-hmm. Gabriel Sterling, mm-hmm. his name, right? He is, he is very. Eloquent. Oh my God. Oh my God. And off the top of his head. And by the way, if you listen to him, he talks so fast. It's like a mile a minute. Rat-a-tat-a-tat-a-tat-a-tat-a-tat-a-tat. No notes. Just unbelievable fact, no, fact, he fact, has, figures, numbers. He knows his stuff. He knows from whence he yeah. speaks. And, yeah. he, and he really, I mean, and this is now the second time we've watched him from that same yes. location. Right, right. To, you know, speak totally eloquently and convincingly and well, you know, And with obviously. passion. Yeah. And with humanity and passion, um, as does and, the, as does the guy with the doing the uh, the translation for the uh, deaf. He's oh, wonderful. Really? Oh, okay, I didn't notice. <laughs> but I mean, you know, by the way, Gabriel Sterling. The whole time I'm looking at him, thinking, I just sort of like him by looking at him, and then I thought, I know why. He looks like Roger Ebert. A better looking Roger Ebert. But yes, he looks yeah. like Roger Ebert. Mm-hmm. And I trusted Roger Ebert and I liked Roger Ebert. And I sort of all of a sudden here was an iteration of uh, of Roger Ebert. But it it made me. Um, well, he's wonder. Just, I like him because he's he's one of those Republican guys that I've been friends with from the time that I was a little girl. Mm-hmm. Well, let's be clear. Um, his boss, the Secretary of State, Raffensperger, right? Right. Who whose uh, family does not have is, a brother named Don? And no, and his family's being terrorized, and I'm sure Sterling's uh, oh, yeah. family is as well. I mean, to the point that his um, one of his adult children, Raffensperger's adult children's home was broken into. That's scary. If they're actual, they're going after his children and entering their homes. Um, but I have thought that this Raffensperger was just, you know, wow, this is uh, extraordinary man to stand up. To the guy he voted for. He wanted Trump to win. He voted for Trump. He is as conservative Republican as you can get. And I'm sitting here and loving him, listening to him on that phone call and listening to everything he said after. But here's something. Wait a minute. They're two different guys. No, I know. Okay. Sterling is the guy that was trying to Okay. All right. I'm talking about the Secretary of State, Raffensperger. Okay, right, I know. Okay. And who took the hour-long uh, criminal phone call from from Trump? Right. Um, I, and I've heard him since be interviewed, but it took me a while to realize. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is the guy who I hated. Because he is the one, you know, Kemp, the, the, the governor, had his position had, with Secretary of State when right. Kemp ran against Stacey Abrams for governor. Kemp, right. of course, famously won, maybe. Who knows? 
after Kemp and this guy, Raffensperger, did everything they could, and they're good at it, to suppress the vote. Enjoy the vote. So Raffensperger, who is, by the way, he was a multimillionaire businessman. He's an engineer by training. He started his political career career in Atlanta's city council. But he was the one who, do you remember those lines outside of the polling places when Abrams ran, it, it, black, right. all in black communities? That, that was him. His, that was him. Yep. So I, what it does is um, it shows me that somebody who right now I am admiring, and I am admiring him because he is doing the right thing now. And I was trying to think, what is it about somebody like him uh, who now is willing to stand against all his political friends? I mean, he's committing, he's committing political and professional suicide. Well, because now he, he personally is having his integrity questioned, right. and he ain't going there. That's correct. And this is what I was thinking, because the profiles in courage we have seen from Republicans Pop up have come from not the senatorial level, not the Washington level, very few governor level, really not. And where you see Republicans who voted for Trump standing up are in these lower level state and local situations where their integrity has been called into question, their professionalism, their ability to do their job. They take their jobs seriously. They did their jobs. And then they have the president and members of Congress saying that they didn't. And that is why you're seeing exactly. They are saying you're wrong and you're defaming not only me, but all these wonderful people that work for me who work hard. Right, and who did the job and did it right and we lost. Right, and that's what is putting them in the position, given a choice between uh, doing the bidding of the guy they want in office um, or standing up for the people that they work with and who they know. Versus I, Missouri's Josh Hawley, who exactly is, is whining today. Oh, he's a he is despicable. Well, and there were there was something like uh, fifteen to thirty at the most protesters in front of his home. Oh yeah, I saw that. And, and they he, and they were just they were just you know talking through a megaphone, and they left a copy of the Constitution, and he screams that they vandalized their Antifa thugs. That, I saw you know, that, yeah. The, the cops were standing there peacefully. You know, I mean, come on. Well, <laughs> God almighty. Let's look at what yeah. they did to him. Look at what they did to the Michigan, you know, the the Michigan governor. I mean, you know, now there would be some domestic terrorism. 
Well, you know, today in Washington, uh, you got the National Guard poised. Um, you have uh, Trump hoping that there is violence in the streets today, tomorrow, maybe after, depending on the Georgia vote, who knows. And I, he, he's got two more weeks in office. And anyone who thinks he's going to somehow pull back in those remaining, what, 15 days he has? No, uh-uh. So it's, it's why you've got these 10 former defense secretaries coming out and saying what they did, because they're worried he's going to try to do something that will allow him, uh, a la uh, General Flynn, to uh, call out the military, to put down domestic strife. And that's what those defense secretaries were saying. All right. Don't do that. You know, there's a greater, you're serving the Constitution, not this extremely lame duck president. Well, okay, enough of this. So, Susan. Yes. um, I remember saying this a while ago because it must have been in the science section at one point. But I want to see if. If you remember, and there's no way you will, why a beetle, uh, which has a Latin name I can't uh, pronounce, uh, but a beetle that frogs like to eat, what that particular beetle can do to save itself if a frog grabs it. Mm. There's no way you remember this. Well, I'm not going to remember it. I'm just going to make something up. Can what do it, you do? Can it blow itself up very, very, very large <laughs> so that it forces the frog's mouth open and then it gets out? <laughs> that's good. But that's not it. But that's okay. good. Okay. Okay. Uh, what it does is it actually, no, it ends up allowing itself to be swallowed. And comes out the other end. And then it has some kind of capacity <laughs> to stay alive as it goes through the whatever the digestive tract is. And then it forces, it has something where it forces the frog to poop it out. Mm-hmm. And so it does emerge unscathed if a little bit. Well, of I knew it had to get in and get out somehow. I just didn't want to have to make it go through the digestive tract. But I'm sure its shell just goes around it and protects it from those juices, and then out it comes. I, I, I saw something the other day about some kind of ant that if it's uh, under some kind of threat while it is on a slope, that it rolls itself into a ball and and just yeah we yeah right just <laughs> rolls down the hill i mean i love this kind of stuff okay i have let's see what do i have okay i've got three other things to see how much susan can um use your imagination okay can i just can i just tell you one thing while you I am um I'm watching my my dog get used to winter for the first time, you know, and his 
six-year life. I mean, a prolonged winter with snow. And first, he didn't like it at all. Now, we can't walk at all because he spends all of his time with his nose straight down in the snow. <laughs> we'll yeah, walk a step, sure. And then the nose goes down. And then we'll walk a step, and the nose goes down. Well, how could he not have known from snow in Chicago? Because, and- because we, uh, for, for most of his memory life, he's been driven to California with me. Ah, that's true. Okay, so Susan, anyway, I'm just telling you because I was. That's okay because it's now. cute. Yeah. Before ahead. the Industrial Revolution, what were, if you name two, this is great. What were the principal sources of noise? Um, carriages and horses clomping down cobblestones and human voices yelling. <laughs> those are both good. They're not in my in my answers, but those are both good. Those would definitely, yeah, be sources of noise. Well, uh, what? Brass bands? What? <laughs> well, you're close. Church bells. Church bells. Okay. Church bells. And... Um, but was church bells going incessantly? That's yeah, why not incessantly. No, it didn't say incessantly. What were the, I mean, normally, yeah, the church bells went off quite a bit, I think. And there were lots of churches. So church yeah. bell, it was quiet. That's so, why so I, I think if you think were in, if, if you were in London, the most constant thing would be hearing, you know, the sounds human of voices. traffic and yeah. voices. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, they say cannons going off <laughs> and um, thunder. I think the point being that before the Industrial Revolution, guys, uh, it was okay. quiet. No, right. So they aren't talking about, they're talking about the loudest things you might have ever heard. Which Thunder, cannons, cannons, and then church bells. bells. Not right. not just noise. They're talking about the loudest things you could have possibly right. heard. And but that's it's true. It's, There's no jets, you know, doing no. a you know a sonic boom. There's, There's no combustion engines. No. There's not no. There's none of those things. There's that none of the mechanical it. screeching and clanging no. that we've There's gotten. There's no effing leaf blowers. Yeah. Right. Or snowmobiles. Remember when they invented snowmobiles? This is how old we are. We remember when they invented snowmobiles. And and one of the most precious things about winter was the quality of its silence. Yeah, when the snow blankets everything. It's just a different kind of silence. It's a different kind of audible silence. I don't know how to make it any clearer than that. Yeah. Suddenly, that gorgeous non-sound sounded like this. <laughs> I know, I know. Or it's the same as if you're sitting by a, a beautiful, uh, you know, pond or a lake, and you know someone comes by in a whatever jet ski. It's just like, why do humans love to? make these jarring noises that completely pollute uh, other people's 
pleasure of nature is just beyond me. It's beyond, you know, I was shocked. Why am I shocked? Because I forgot. I forgot. Uh, Susan, people didn't use to set off fireworks on New Year's Eve. Yeah, they did. No, they didn't. When we were young, I no, don't remember. No, 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 no. Not when we what? were young, but they have for years in the cities that I've lived in. Well, it just annoys the holy hell out of me. I just well, want to say the, that. Here's the annoying part. When, I mean, if what you like about fireworks, I say this all the time, if what you like are the beautiful colors, you don't need to have the boom. The boom is no, added. No, it's manufactured, right. And, and, but they like the boom. And it obscures the colors because no. it creates black smoke. Yeah, you're right. But, Susan, the people like the boom. It's guys. It's guys. I don't think this is a guy thing. It's a guy thing, and they like to make sounds that sound like guns. And why anybody thinks that that's a fun sound anymore, I don't know. No, it's beyond me. Not to mention that it terrifies tons of animals and wakes old people up who've already gone to bed. <clears throat> okay, I'm done being the old lady. Well, and, um, I, and, and sitting in Green Bay, I've been telling people that um, – I learned another downside of fireworks, which is if during a local a, a Packer game that's being held at Lambeau Field, <laughs> if I am out walking the dog and I hear fireworks, I go, oh, we scored. The game must have started. So I run home and sure enough, there was a score. And then I'm watching the game and I hear fireworks and I went, well, crying out loud they're gonna throw a pass obviously and score boom they throw a pass and score so <laughs> so if you're if you're living in green bay during this strange time and nobody's in the stadium it's spoiling the pleasure of watching the game because most people in green bay will be able to hear those fireworks it's not that big a place Right. So you hear the fireworks and you know, it's oh, about, we're about, about to a score. a 30-second delay between yeah. The, yeah. the event yeah. and the airing on television. <laughs> oh, God. All right, Susan, it's another quiz. What are the two most dangerous professions in the United States? Motherhood. Um, <laughs> wrong. Okay, wait a minute. It isn't paid. It okay. has to be paid. It has to be paid. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Two most dangerous professions. Well, it can't be the obvious of policemen. Um, uh, it can't be the obvious of policemen and firefighters, right? Or, or a soldier. Right. The ones that we always talk about, right? Right, right. I'm yeah. not, so I'm I'm eliminating those. Now I'm going through a whole other cadre. I'm going <laughs> to say truck driver, um, and um, oh, and maybe uh, construction workers, especially highway workers. Well, those are two good picks, but you're incorrect. So I want to ask you to Jeez, I'm go zero for zero today. Well, but these are hard. I didn't expect you. So here's what I want you to think about. I want you to think about in both these instances, these professions, you really rarely see someone doing them and they are out, but they are not um, mine worker and oil they're not urban. Well, mine worker is a good one, but it is not one of them. Um, but that's a good one because that'd be way up there too. Um, 
they're not urban. Okay, so all those farmers where their tractors roll over? No, them? although I think they're high up too, but those are not the two. Huh. <laughs> uh, okay, rural. Uh, well, not to say rural, not urban. Well, okay, as I said, suburban housewife, that doesn't work. Um, okay. Bank teller. <laughs> uh, Grocery worker. In these yeah. Days. Middle school teacher. I don't know. Let's see. Um, uh that was my joke, though, the first time I went in for a massage, and I was feeling, I was with you, actually. It was at this, when we took that weekend at that place, Neiman yeah. Cohen. And I, and I was getting my first actual massage, and I just lying there naked in front of this brawny woman. It was sort of terrifying, and I, and she kept... <laughs> Ordering me, you know, like a concentration camp guard. Oh, for God's sake! And finally, I said, you know, in my in my line of work, it's very hard. If you if you relax, you're dead beat. And she said, "Really? What do you do?" I said, "I'm a wife and a mother." <laughs> that reminds me of I once got a uh, a massage too. I'm always forcing people. I love them. Um, forcing well, I've un gotten better unwanted <laughs> people, <laughs> un people who don't, I can't even understand somebody not wanting a massage. And, um, my friend, Sally, right. I, we were once, oh, this is so long ago. We were once uh, in California and, uh, we were getting a massage and it was in this big, uh, we were both in the same room so I could hear her masseuse. My masseuse wasn't saying a word. We were just, you know, we were just, every once in a while I might moan in pleasure. All I could hear throughout this entire thing was Sally's masseuse saying, just relax. Now, just, just try <laughs> to relax. Can you relax your leg? Come on, just try to relax. And I thought, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's very it's hard for some of us to give up control. <laughs> but, okay, one one last massage story. I was with a friend, again, in, I think, oh, I think it was in Santa Fe, and there's a there's another famous spa called 4,000 4, Million Steps or something, and you have to... <laughs> Walk up, walk up to the steps. At which point you definitely need the damn massage that you've gone in for. So we get there, and she's booked a you know what what a, a, what she thinks is a massage for two, and they think is a couple's massage, oh, and which, which becomes clear. <laughs> and she and she's getting more and more horrified that. <laughs> I think that we're together. And meanwhile, uh, I'm just laughing because they're they're literally covering me in olive oil and then putting very rough salt on me. And I'm going, oh, just roll me over in the fire. I'll just be great. <laughs> and then they gave us one shower. And, and Joan, at that point, Joan just like blew her gasket. Yeah, right. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, she has to be more careful when she makes her appointments next time. Well, I just thought it was so amusing that she was so horrified. <laughs> I mean, you know, nothing really happened. So anyway, okay, enough about massage stories. How did we get there, I ask you? I don't know. I think it was your way of trying to get away from Not what are the, the two most dangerous professions in the United Oh, yeah, what are they? So one of them is not a masseuse. No. Shall I do it? Yeah. You want to know? Yeah. Okay, the second most dangerous profession is logging. Oh, yeah, trees fall on you. And I guess they do. Jeez. The first... Is fishing. Oh, yeah. Sure. Okay. So there you are. And, um, well, you know, and I got to say, I've never liked either. (laughs) (laughs) You said either. You don't say either. You say either. either. My son says either to annoy me. And, and he both. says, I he say says whatever comes out of my to mouth. annoy me. He does all those, all those what I think ridiculous, God forbid he starts saying tomato or something. Okay, we got to get some emails in here, Susan. Yes, ma'am. Paul writes, I fully support Susan, stating that you have a right to question someone's character when they support Trump or his administration. I question my sister how she can claim to be evangelical and still support this horrific man. I didn't question voting for him, but to watch her continue to support him makes me shake my head. She has refused to speak to me since last spring when we had our conversation. Then she unfriended me on Facebook and she still insists that Hillary murdered those men. I have lost no sleep over this. I have several friends that support Trump, but we have adult conversations without dismissing one another. Oh, wow. Oh, that's... That's very oh. sad. Yeah. Uh, Bree writes, my neighborhood has fireworks every few weeks. Oh, God. Oh, he's in Thailand. He's been doing that during the pandemic. He's in... Yeah, yeah, right. So, not, not, I'm sorry, not Thailand. Um, where are you? I forget all of a sudden. Malaysia. So many public holidays. It is so annoying. They do it even at Christmas. I'm not kidding. Well, you know, those weren't those Asians, the ones that invented them. them. Yeah. Um, And Lynn writes, you have hit upon my bete noir. Whoa. I often long for the quiet of the world before the invention of the engine. Oh, yeah. There is now a constant hum in the world that you have to go quite far into the wilderness in order to avoid. It's almost impossible to get away from it. Our poor ears were not made for this onslaught. They are tuned to hear the slightest rustling of leaves, not the roar of leaf blowers. I would say Happy New Year, but that remains to be seen. (laughs) Lynn says, a loyal fan who has a dog named Blue. Yeah. We have a caller. Hello. Hi, Lynn. It's Jeff. Jeff. Yeah, happy new year to you and Susan. It will be a better. I don't know if it's going to be a happy new year, but it's got to be better. Okay. No, it yeah. doesn't. No, it doesn't. <laughs> don't jinx it. The, That's all no. we're saying. 
I'm spitting over my shoulder. I'm throwing salt around. I know. (laughs) (laughs) On the subject of noise, may I add dirt bikes, Harley Davidson, and quads. Wait, wait, wait. Dirt Uh, bikes and what? What were the other? Quads. You know, those quad runners. Right. Uh, I live over, I live in Greenfield over the hill from Hayeswood. So we hear the traffic, uh, on Carson Street on the other side of the river. Yeah, yeah. Avenue. And it can, huh. seriously, at 4 o'clock in the morning, it can get obnoxious. It's worse. It's actually worse than the trains, I think. Because I've got... I love trains. trains. That you know noise never one, bothered me. There, there's an Amtrak that comes in around 5 o'clock in the morning. There's one guy who just lays on the horn. I mean, he just like, it's time to get up. Everybody wake up. And I mean, he lays on the horn there's another guy that he kind of like makes it sing. He plays like real low. He's like, you could see he's really finessing the horn whistle on the train. It's, it's actually you know what cool. though? No, I want to tell you something. I think they have specific orders of horn blowing when you're an yeah, engineer have, like that. You yeah, have to approach have to certain intersections or whatever places. There's a certain kind of long, maybe one you do, or then there's a bup, bup, bup one you do, right? Yep, abso- absolutely, absolutely. Okay, and, so, uh, and I can't argue with that. But uh, Susan's story about walking the dogs while the Packers play, yeah. it, it provoked a, a memory. Uh-huh. So my mom, when she was alive, and I was staying with her uh, while she was in at-home hospice, she had like an extension for her doorbell. It kind of sat on top of the doorbell. And when someone would ring the doorbell, the doorbell would cause a vibration, which would then send a signal to another device in her bedroom while she was laying in bed. And she and it would go off and she would hear the doorbell. Hmm. So because it reacted on vibrations, sometimes if you're running the vacuum cleaner, it would go off. And sometimes if you would just like step on the floor like real loud, it would go off. So I'm staying with my mom up there. She's in bed reading the newspaper. She did read it from, you know, front page all the way to the back. She's reading the newspaper. I'm watching the Penguin game. Pens are in a hot game. They score a goal. And I yell out really loud, yeah. And the doorbell goes off. (laughs) And she's in the other room. She's like, Jeff, somebody's at the door. Answer the door. And I said, no, mom, sorry. It was just me yelling, and I set off the doorbell by yelling. So then, anytime the doorbell would go off, she said, oh, did the penguin score a goal? No. <laughs> yeah, that, it, it's a cute well, story. Uh, but, thank you. Uh, the, thank the you best, for that. To, to, the best to both of you, and, and uh, thanks for helping uh, to keep me sane. <laughs> oh, God. You know oh, what? You're in I've been big listening. trouble if I've helped you keep stay sane. Oh, <laughs> uh, Lynn, I've been listening to you since the first time I listened to you. I just happened to be flipping around the radio station. It was in 1992 like, or 91 during the first Gulf War, and oh, I heard geez. you talking about it, and uh, I was just I was hooked. And so I've been listening ever, been listening ever since. So, I, I well, reeled you in like, uh, like one of those death defying fisher people. You sucked me right in. And yeah. Thank you. Well, okay. it's been good hearing your voice like for all the time. <laughs> <laughs> what are you Have a good one.
You too. Bye. Bye. You know, I just want to say we started on such a glum um, note because we were dealing with um, a certain reality, (laughs) not just person, a whole bunch of them. But I just want to say that I really needed to, yeah, get away from that a little bit. Um, And I'm so happy that we've been able to laugh somewhat. I have one more silly fact, Susan. Okay. Let me fail again. I I treasure No, there's no way. No, there's no way you can get this. No way you can get this. There's a guy named Richard Scherer who was an engineer and uh, quite an engineer because he uh, he holds the patent. Well, he was first um, on the patent for Lockheed's F-117 stealth aircraft. Mm-hmm. So that's quite an engineer. He made a plane. I guess you can't see. <laughs> I don't quite understand it, but you can't see on radar, right? Yeah, that on radar, right? It's not like you can't see it, but you can't. Yeah, see but how it on is radar. that possible? You can't I don't see know. it on I radar. Listen, if I knew, I would have invented it. Don't have me. <laughs> Jeez. All right. So he puts he, on it. It puts on its invisibility cloak. Go ahead, and that's probably exactly what it does with some sort yeah, of electronic. Yeah, but what? It, okay, it's got okay. some sort of electronic invisibility cloak, and we'll go with that. Go ahead. All right, Susan, make stuff up real good. Then he also um, liked to do, you know, moonlighting work on stuff that wasn't quite as heavy duty. So he also designed one of the rides at Disneyland. Okay. You want to take a stab? Yeah, I'm the guy who did the stealth, the stealth aircraft. I hope, it, I hope it's not the one. It's not the one that it's a small world. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's a small world after all. Man, if you're not ready know. to commit I, suicide after that one, I know. Right. I know. I know. I know. I, oh, geez. But I didn't get sick. That was all I cared yeah, about. Yeah, well, that's true. You don't get sick. You just get insane. Um, um, I don't know the uh, the mountain thing. No, let's stay with since he's into aeronautics. Okay. So what else had a airplane, a rocket ship? A I don't know. You can't think. I don't know, Lynn. I can, well, I it is a ride. Babe. It's a ride that I remember taking and still managing to get queasy on. Dumbo, the flying elephant. Oh, Dumbo, the flying elephant. I <laughs> forgot about Dumbo. <laughs> Which did next to nothing. No, it went up and down down. a little bit and went around. And I still came off, you know, sort of green. Um, Just can't handle any any kind of movement. So that's sort of a odd little fact that the same guy who did the stealth bomber did Dumbo. But what's to invent? It's just a pole with arms going up and down. I don't know. I don't know. I got this from the paper of record. The uh, New York Times. Okay. So there you have it. 
So, oh God, Georgia. I know. I just, I, yeah, yeah. How could it be that when the election was over, if the election it wasn't over, and now we get, comes to yeah. this, then we know that I we know. still have to wait. I, I mean, this has it's just something. been excruciating. Okay. So I have one thing to end on. And uh, the, this is also from the New York Times today where they uh, talk about some of the independent films you might want to check out on some of the streaming services. And here's one. I'm just going to read the um, – I'm going to read their little synopsis. This is on Amazon. It's called Butt Boy. And it, the genre is a comic thriller. And it's about a boy named Chip who goes in for a routine medical checkup and discovers that he enjoys having things inserted into himself. This is a movie, Susan. Yeah, you're recommending this? <laughs> I'm just starting. The New York Times is. I mean, where are hey, Hang on. I want to go on. Geez, the director. Let me where we go in this movie. Okay. Okay. The direction and screenplay uh, takes after introducing, well, I don't know. This information is difficult to convey, but suffice it to say that objects begin disappearing in the movie, and then pets, and then people. And it says, as Butt Boy attempts to not only send up the killer next door narrative, but also cop movies and addiction melodramas. It doesn't all work, and a strong stomach is certainly required to watch it. But Butt Boy is unapologetically what it is, and you can't help admiring the filmmaker's stubborn determination to go all the way with their insane premise. Okay, no thank you. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> You're not going to watch Butt Boy? No, no, I don't think so. I, you know, okay. once, once I, I, I could have taken a small puppy, but a whole person, I don't think. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're sort of done. Uh, thank you, Susan. We, we've, we've managed to wait a while away. Oh, over. Okay, yeah. bye. I got to get ready. I know. Got to go what. hit somebody. I know. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. And uh, all right, you guys, we'll uh, we'll talk tomorrow. God help us all. It's going to be a consequential historic day in America and not for any good reason. OK, stay safe. Bye. Lynn Cullen Live. Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.